We're all broken. But some of us, and if this is not you, hopefully you leave here, put back together again this morning. When the fight gets hard, let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 23. And you may want to just uh, mark it there with your finger if you're using the Bible. Uh, don't turn your, 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 your electronic device off because we're going to spend some time this morning in the book of 2 Samuel. But we're going to start in chapter 23, verse 8. It says, And these are the names of the mighty men whom David, or whom David had. Joshebedeth, jo, I've got it enunciated here. Joshebedeth, the Tecmanite, chief among the captains. He had called Abinno and the Eznite because he had killed 800 men at one time. Verse 9, then after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahoinite, one of the three mighty men with David. When, he, or when they defined the Philistines who were gathered there for battle and the men of Israel had retreated. And then verse 11. And after him was Shemini, the son of Agi, the Heretite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. Let's pray. Father, we believe that you are reading. You've, you've already blessed this word. So our prayer this morning, Lord, is that you just simply unveil to us the truth that lies within it. That, Father, you, you simply just, just, just speak to our hearts, speak to our families. Father, speak to our souls. Help us to remember your blood and help us to remember your cross and help us to remember your victories. We pray these things, Jesus. We believe these things in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, sir. When the fight gets hard. As we said before, we, we've all been there. We've all been at the spot where the fight is difficult. Where... where we are in constant war. We're in constant battle. And so this morning, if you would just uh, bear with me through three thoughts about when the fight gets hard. And let me prerequisite real quick with this. I don't own a watch. So, uh, so <laughs> it may be a long morning. No, it, 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 it won't be a long morning uh, because, first of all, I'm not smart enough to keep you here for a long time. Uh, I have got like HD, ADD, and so my plan is to, if I can put a sermon that I can pay attention to through the entire time, then it can't be too long, and hopefully you'll be able to, uh, to, to hang with me here. But when the fight gets hard... Looking back at that verse in 2 Samuel, I'm just going to read a few of the things. You, you can flip back there. 2 Samuel 23, in looking at 8, 9, and 11, there's, there's a few phrases in each one of these verses that I want us to pull out this morning. Uh, because to win or to stay or to conquer when the fight gets hard, here's number one. It's really simple. You have to stay in the fight. In, in, in verse 8, it says, whenever uh, they had named the men, it says, and he killed 800 men 
at one time. Not his army, but he killed 800 men at one time. In verse 9, it says, um, when Eleazar was introduced, it says, he was there and the men of Israel had retreated. Down in verse 11, uh, when we talk of, of Shemnah, it says, the people fled from the Philistines. Now, the Bible tells us that, that, that we need to find example. And even when we go through the, the washing of the feet that Jesus did for his disciples, he told them, he said, do as I do. Learn as I teach you. Go and, and, and reproduce this and, and show the world what you have learned from me. I am a firm believer that a great example is a great teacher. Amen? And we can learn a lot from the men and the women who, who go before us in our life, whether it be spiritual, whether it be in, in the natural life. So if we could just take a few moments this morning and look at the three mighty men of David. The three that was singled out of the 800 of the army, that was singled out even greater than, than, than the, the, the 300. The three that was singled out whenever they, they, they you know, if you'll read on through Samuel, and they named 30 men to say this is the, 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 the mightiest men in David's army. Those 30 are cut down to three more. And they're the ones, they are the example of what a mighty man looks like in the army of David. And I believe in the army of the Lord. Stay in the fight. Decide that what you're fighting for is worth fighting for. See, here, here's what now. I was not raised in a church, church background at all. I, I knew what church was on Christmas because our local churches gave out the, the brown bag full of fruit and you got one candy bar and one stick of gum. I don't know why, but and, and a box of Cracker Jacks. You usually got an apple and orange, box of Cracker Jacks, a uh, thing of Juicy Fruit, and a Snickers bar. So we knew that from church growing up. We also went on Thanksgiving sometimes. We went on Easter because we got to hunt Easter eggs and, and, and get treats. I don't know, I, I wasn't raised in church. I don't know what church was until I became a senior in high school. And, and, and you know, my, my, first, my first Christian CD was a guy by the name of Clay Cross. I don't know if anybody knows who that is. Uh, I've long since lost the CD, and everybody's looking, uh, you know. I, I, I wasn't raised in this. But here's what I do know. Throughout my life, before Christ came in and, and radically changed me, I was a fighter. Now, not like an, an MMA. Uh, I mean, I was a... I, I was a bad guy. I was taught by my father, listen, if you're disrespected, you take up for yourself. If you don't, I'm going to whip you when you get home. Uh, listen, if you, if you don't finish a fight, you're in trouble. If I find out you're being disrespected, you're in trouble. So I know what it's like to fight. I know what it's like to, to, to throw down with people. Now, I haven't done that in, in a few years, and... I have the, the, the physical stamina now of, uh, you know, like a hundred-year-old woman at this point. So it probably wouldn't be good if I did. 
But there was a time that I understood fighting. And when we talk about staying in the fight, I had a lot of people. There was a few times that I was one of them. When the fight got started, you could tell who was really in it for the long haul. You could tell by the first couple punches, or you can even watch the MMA stuff now and, and boxing now, and you can tell the people. You can look at them and watch, their, the, watch them and, and see who's really in the fight to win the fight. Because if you're not in the fight to win the fight, let me tell you what's going to happen. The first time you get hit hard, you're gone. The first time that you decide that, man, you know, this is harder than what I thought it was, you're out. And you're throwing in the towel and you're saying, you know what, I'm finished. I'm done. I don't need this. When the fight gets hard, stay in the fight. Because just like in verse 9, just like in verse 11, just like in, in many other instances in the Bible, just like David and Goliath, there's always people willing to run away. And God honors the people who are willing to stand on his word and stand in his name and say, you know what, I'm going to fight. Because whatever it is, whether it be our family, whether it be our church, and I'm not talking about stone and mortar, because block and mortar and brick is such a silly reason to fight. But the family and the church of God Oh, what a reason to stand and say, you know what? It's worth fighting for. My son and, and my daughter and my wife, they're worth fighting for. My family and my, my father, my sister, who please pray for because she has lost her mind. But she's worth fighting for. Now, some of you may agree to disagree in this one, but I love student ministry. And for me, my ministry is worth fighting for. So I'm here, and I'm ready to fight, and I'm going to stay in the fight. What do you do when the battle gets hard? What are you doing right now in the midst of your, your war, in the midst of your battle, in the midst of your fight? Right now, in this moment, are you looking at an escape plan? Are you trying to figure out what the easiest way is going to be? Because let me tell you what, 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 what is the biggest issue. You know why people leave church? I'm not talking, I'm talking church, period. Because the fight gets hard. And they're looking for a way out. If we would just make our minds up, we're going to fight. If we would just make our minds up that no matter what, we are here because of the blood of Christ, because of the, the freedom in the cross, and we're going to fight. And church, if we would just stay in the fight, if we would just stay in the fight, there is an idea and there is a thought that runs rampant through this generation of students. And you guys may, may have noticed this. Guys, I love you, but it's the truth. Students in this generation, they give up easier 
than anybody else that I know. They just say, you know, I'm, I'm the, it happens in church. It happens in sports. Uh, I'm helping coach a, a, a little softball team uh, that Allie plays on. And, and even her age, 10-year-old 10, 10 girls, they finally get to a point during practice, they'll just throw their hands up and, and stop trying and say, you know what, I'm done. And it breaks my heart for this generation. And it breaks my heart for that generation because I want you to hear me real quick. And I love you. I hope you know that. You know why they do that? Because they've been taught to do that. Amen? Because children see, children do. Now, if we flip it spiritually, you have those people who, who are, are babes in Christ. And you know who they're looking to to show them how to stay in the fight? They're looking to us. They're looking to you, veteran. You've been in this for, for years. You've spent your whole life serving God, and they're watching us to see if we'll stay in the fight. They're, they're watching us to see who, what, what, what kind of example is going to be set. When the fight gets hard, when things get crazy, when the men of Israel, when everybody else leaves, and sometimes you're standing here all by yourself, stay in the fight. Continuing in, in, in 23, let me read you verses 11 and 12 again. It says, and after this... Uh, and after him was Shammai, the son of Agi, the Herite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field and defended it and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Number two, guys, this is really simple. When the fight gets hard, stand your ground. When the fight gets hard, stand your ground. Now, now the Bible doesn't give us a lot of, of, of input into the, the I'm just going to say the bean field because that's what it was. It's just a little bean field. And the Bible doesn't give us a lot of input in, into to who owned it and why he was there. But for some reason, this mighty man of God picked this little bean field to fight in the middle of, to defend. And he stayed in that fight because... That field, that area, that land, well, it meant something to him. Amen. The Philistines, they didn't care. To them, it was just something else to conquer. And let me tell you that the enemy, they don't care about your family. Media, celebrity, they don't care about your family. Parents, of older kids, of teenagers, of, of people who have graduated, of people who are married, of babies. Let me tell you this right now. Students, our children, my daughter is blasted with ideas and thoughts and suggestions every day of her life. The Barna Study Group says that, that the, the average teenager, the average teenager has to filter through at least 20,000 decisions in a single day. That's friends from school, what to do, what not to do. Music, well, do I listen, do I not? Uh, ideas that, that, that are placed in their life. 
And let me tell you this. The world, the athletes, the singers, even their friends or their friends' families, your child means nothing to them. It's a hard truth, but it's true. Your child means nothing to them. You think LeBron James cares about what your kid's name is? No. You think any of the, 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 these famous actors and movie stars who we so easily allow our children to pattern their lives after care about your children? No. They care about a paycheck. When the fight gets hard, stand your ground. Because nobody should love your family more than you. Nobody should care about that little, that little plot of land, which is the Fleener's up on Bellevue Avenue, more than me. You want to win the fight when the fight gets hard? Stand your ground and be ready to fight. Because here's what I know. Samuel 23, 11 through 12, it tells us that, that, that a piece of ground, it was full of beans, it was a bean field, and this mighty man of God, he didn't start from the outside in. What he did was is he went and he positioned himself right in the middle of the mess. He was right in the middle of the mess. He was surrounded on all sides. He was in the middle, and he said, you know what? This is mine. This is mine, and I'm going to fight for it. And I'm going to defend it. And not only am I going to fight, and not only am I going to defend it, but I am going to win. And I want you to hear me real quick. Most of the battles that we have to fight, we don't get the pleasure to fight them from the outside. Amen? So many times, we find ourselves right in the middle of the mess. Right in the middle of, of bad decisions from our children or bad decisions from our family. Right in the middle of, of, of maybe misunderstanding. Maybe we wake up one day right in the middle of a mess that we created. And we have to fight. We just finished the, 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 the uh, Family Matters series. And what a thought. To stay in the fight, to stand our ground for our families. Hear me. Because most of the time, we don't stand or we give up because the right way is outnumbered by the wrong way. So many times I've seen people refuse to stand or be too scared or too worried because the right way is always not the popular way. Amen? 2 Samuel chapter 23, we're going to go back up to 9 and 10. 
It says, and after him, this is my favorite, by the way, was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. Let me just stop right there and say, you have to be tough if your dad is named Dodo. I mean, I'm just saying. You know the boy had to learn how to fight because his dad was Dodo. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Hoyite. One of the three mighty men of David, when they defended the Philistines, who were gathered there for battle, and the men of Israel had retreated. And hear me, he arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand was stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to plunder. Here's the last one. Told you it wouldn't take long this morning. Number three is fight hard. Fight hard. When the battle gets hard, fight hard. See, what happens is you find Eleazar. You find him surrounded and outnumbered with David. And in that verse it says, he arose. Now, please don't get mad at me. If you do, I'm sorry, but that's what the Bible says. You can't fight hard sitting down. You can't fight hard laying down. You can't fight hard being lazy and lethargic. The secret to all these victories, the, the, the one thing that, that, that the, the two words that, that, that course through all of them is he arose and attacked. In the bean field it says he's taking himself in the middle. I don't know if he was kneeling down or what, but he arose. And from the middle of that battle, he won it. He arose and attacked. You can't fight hard on your tail. If you're really worried about them, stand up and do something about it. If you're really worried about your family, then get up, arise, and attack that which is attacking your family. If you're really worried about your soul and you're really worried about what's going on, stand up, arise, and fight hard. Some of the hardest battles we fight, they're not for or they're not with our families. They're for and they're with our spirits. Some of the hardest battles I fight is the battle for my soul. Because I'm not perfect. Because I'm still that broken vessel that, that, that has been put back on the wheel and is starting to be shaped and formed into what God wants me to be. And there's times that I don't like that process. There's times that I let the enemy kind of get in my ear and, 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 and tell me that it's not worth it or it's not going to happen. And the hardest battle that I ever have to fight is the battle that I say, Jeremy, the old you, you're dead. And you're gone. And that's not part of you anymore. And that's not part of me anymore. And that has no bearing on who I am in Christ anymore. But I can't do that being lazy. 
There's times that we have to just finally stand up and say, you know what? I'm going to fight hard because my soul and my spirit is worth it. My joy is worth it. My family is worth it. My church is worth it. My ministry is worth it. He arose and he attacked. I got a little, little sports quote that says this. The best defense is a good offense. Amen? Amen? That's right, Tony. The best defense is a good offense. See, we, we spend so much time, in, and, and if you use this phrase, please don't get mad at me. Because there's times that we have to hide behind the cross of Christ. Amen? There's times that we need that, that, that power and that blood to defend us. There's times that we're just too broken and we're too busted and we're too tired and we have to hide behind the glory and the power of God. And what a great defense it is. But here's the problem. We get so used to hiding that we forget how to attack. And I don't know about you, but, 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 but there's times that I get fed up of just playing defense all the time. I get fed up of just, just, just standing there and, and, and I have my shield up and, and the enemy is constantly banging and hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting. And I'm just there and I'm, I'm holding on and I'm trying not to die and they keep pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding me. And a lot of you sitting in this room right now, you've been pounded and you're still getting pounded and pounded and pounded and pounded. And there comes a time when we have to mount an offense. Amen? Because here's the deal. The pounding and the battle and the fight and the fight and the fight if the enemy never goes away, it just continues to bang and hit and fight. You know what happens? You defend and 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 you start to get tired and you start to get weary and you start to think, well, is this really worth it? Should I really be here? Am I really supposed to be fighting this fight? And then there comes a point where you say, you know what? I'm so tired of this. I'm done. And then you remove your shield. And you're gone. And it's over. And the enemy has won. And they've won your family. And they've won your ministry. And they've won your testimony. All because we just stood there and we let them bang and hit and hit and hit and hit and hit and hit. And there comes a point in our life that we stand and we rise and we say, devil, you know what? In the name of Christ, no more. In the name of Jesus and through the blood of Christ, no more. There comes a time when we say, and we say, devil, you are a liar, world. You are a liar. That's not me. 
That's not who I am. That's got nothing to do with me. That is gone. That has been buried. That has been dead. That has been laid at the feet of Christ. And that's no longer who I am. That's offense, guys. Now listen. I've got a daughter who is 10 years old, soon to be 11, soon to be a teenager. And offense may be a little different for me, a little different for me when some of these boys start showing up. You know, offense then is, you know, requires the cleaning of a weapon. You know, that talk that I could hide you where nobody else could ever find you type stuff. But you know where my offense is now? With my family, with her, is every night whenever she lays her head down and we pray over her and we say the, the same thing. It's, it's so funny how much kids listen because we have the same prayer. We pray over Logan, we pray over Allie every single night. And it goes something like this. God, we thank you for Logan. Uh, he is a blessing to me, Mommy and Allie. He is blessed by you. Put angels around his bed to protect him, help him rest well, give him courage to stand for you, give him wisdom to hear you, that he grow up to be a man of God. And the one for Allie is very similar to that. Because here's the deal. I can stand and I can constantly tell Allie and, and defend the things that people are saying to her. And you know what? Or there comes a time that I can rise and I can fight for my daughter. And I can fight for my son. And I can fight for my ministry. I can fight for my wife. And I can say, you know what? Here you go, Allie. You are blessed. And you are a blessing. And you never forget that. And you're chosen by God. And you're a princess. And you should be treated like that. See, that's offense. That's battle. And he arose. And he attacked. And his hand was weary. Can the church say amen? amen. It's no secret. We've been through a battle. Our hands are weary. Our hands are tired. The warriors that have been fighting, the, the prayer warriors that have been fighting, those who stand and fight, I get tired. And we're tired. And we're weary. But let me ask you this. Being tired... Being weary, fighting and fighting and fighting. Will you fight until you cannot fight anymore? Will you fight until you can't fight anymore? Will you be willing to stand and say, I will fight until I have nothing left in me? I will fight this battle. I will pray this prayer. I will stand when nobody else will stand. until the strength has left me to do so. You want to win the fight? You want to know what to fight when, when the fight gets hard? What do you do? Man, you fight hard. And you fight till you are weary. And you fight till you're wore out. And you fight until, until you feel like you can't fight anymore because my, the favorite part and, and the, 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 the apex of this scripture is in the next one, two, in the next six to seven words. It says this. And his hand stuck to the sword. And his hand stuck to the sword. Tony, if you don't mind. 
If you'll read some translations, the Bible says that God froze his hand to the sword. And I want us to see this, and I want us to understand this real quick. Because A, when the fight gets hard, we have to decide to stay in the fight. Before it starts, when it gets hard, we have to make our mind up that we're in it for the long haul. That our family is worth more than any weariness, that any pain will ever be afflicted upon us. Next, we have to decide and we have to stand our ground. We have to arise. We have to get up off of our laziness, off of our hurt feelings, off of our attitudes and aggravation. And we have to stand our ground. We have to take and draw a line in the sand or mark it off and say, this is mine. And I will fight for it. This is my family. This is my ministry. And I will fight for it. And then lastly, we have to fight hard. We have to, to, to use offense as a defense. Use the power of God and the sword, not only this sword, we don't fight with these much anymore, but, but this sword, amen, to fight against the enemy. You know how Jesus overcame temptation, overcame the devil? He spoke the words of God. Thus saith God. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the word of God. But in Samuel, he rose and he attacked. He fought so hard and so long that his hand became weary. And it, 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 it would have been very easy at that point for him to drop his sword and just be done and allow the enemy to overtake him. He came to a point where he could not fight anymore. And this is what God did. The Bible says that God touched his hand. This translation says that he stuck his hand to the sword. Others, it says it froze. But he strengthened his hand. And he fastened that sword to his hand. He couldn't lay it down if he wanted to. He was done. He was wore out. He was finished. Everything that he had to fight with was done. Muscles and, 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 and he, he was fatigued and he was tired. Any of this ringing a bell. And there came a point where, he, where, where God stepped in and he said, you have fought as long as you can physically fight. So I'm going to take your hand and I'm going to freeze it to this sword. And you fight and you win. And here's the deal. You can't even put it down. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. Because it's time for us to allow the sword to be frozen to our hand. Now, it looks different for everybody else. Can I tell you that, that I'm here because of a, a, an awesome grandmother 
allowed the sword of prayer for her grandchildren to be frozen to her hand. And whenever I was out being stupid in the world, she continued to pray for me. And she couldn't stop if she wanted to because it was stuck to her hand. And the only thing that I regret, one of the few things that I regret in my life, is never allowing that, that, that awesome woman of God never getting to hear me do a message or anything. But it was stuck to her hand. She couldn't stop praying for me and my cousins if she wanted to. There came a point where we were just too much. And God froze that sword to her hand so she could fight. There's a lot of us in here. We need to allow God to freeze some swords to our hands. I know some of our children are crazy. I know some of our children are, 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 are driving us nuts right now. And what if we just allow God to say, you know what? I'm going to keep fighting for you. I'm going to keep praying for you. If they're, not in the, if they're in the house, you know, I'm going to keep disciplining you. And you may not like it, but I can't stop it because you're more important than this world. I'm going to keep praying for you because you're more important than this world. If you think of it being frozen to the hand, the, the, the sword being, being frozen, and this may be too far-reaching, but if you'll think back to, the, to the, the, the prayer that Jesus had in the garden, he said, Lord, if you would have this cup pass from me, then he said, nevertheless, not your will, or not my will, but your will be done. I believe... Jesus was weary. The Bible says he was. And he was worn out. And he knew what was going to come. And he knew he couldn't do it by himself. And God froze the sword to his hand so he could fight. And the Lord would say, will you fight this morning? Will you allow me to freeze this sword, the sword of my spirit, my word, my power? Would you allow me, would, would, would you let me freeze that to your hand this morning? That you may fight when you're weary. That you may rise and win and fight hard. Would you allow the Lord to freeze the sword to your hand this morning? Can we stand throughout this place? And if you're here, whether it be family, whether it be personal, and you would be honest and completely transparent and say, I'm ready to give up. I've fought as long as I can, and I need... If I can give up, I'll give up. If I could get the Lord just to freeze this to my hand, that I can't lay it down. I've got no choice but to fight with it. If that's you this morning, would, I, would you just come and, and, and stand in this altar?
ask Tony and then they're going to play just in a moment. While you guys are praying, if you're here and, and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, hear me. This message, this sword, you'll never understand what it is if you don't know the person who forged it, if you don't know the person who put it in the print, if you don't know the person who created the weapon that you can win with, I would ask you to come.